Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. I recently um, preached a message about uh, the power of going through the fire, and I felt that God wanted me to release a word over your church about the fruitfulness of fire. Um, And we should have a a slide up here of a lignotuber. Who knows what a lignotuber is? Yes. Yes. So at the bottom, okay, one person. You've all learned something new. If you don't, don't take anything else home. At the bottom of majority of the Australian trees, the eucalypts, at the very bottom, there's like a hips, you know, a wider bit down the bottom. It's called the lignotuba. And inside of that is a whole bunch of nutrients and seeds and fruitfulness. And it only comes out after a fire goes through a forest. And when the fire comes through the forest, the lignotuba actually releases all of the seeds and new growth. Uh, and I really felt to prophesy over this church. And there's there's a real contrast. Have you ever been through, we have fires around where I live, like we live really close to the National Park. And so after the fire comes through, it's just black and charred. But then you go a couple of months later and the contrast of the new growth and the seeds that come out, but actually, incredibly, that God designed these trees, that after they go through the fire, that they are significantly fruitful because of their root system. They're so deep down the roots that they have the connection to the nutrients. I believe that this church is coming into a season of fruitfulness out of the fire. And if the contrast, if you even just Google it when you get home, the contrast between of the new growth against the black trees, I really sense that there is going to be such an astounding contrast of the fruitfulness of what God is going to do within this church. It's going to be astounding and a sight to behold and and I really sense that the fire what the enemy thought was going to bring destruction is actually bringing forth great fruitfulness because of the way that God has purposed us and that's the kingdom currency is that sometimes we don't get removed from the fire but God makes us fireproof but I would like to go further than that we're not just coming through the fire and not getting burned but there is a deep fruitfulness from the fire so I just felt to share that with you guys it's not my key message this morning. My message title, if you're taking notes, someone call the priest. Somebody call the priest. Okay, who's done first aid training? Maybe for your workplace. Is anyone a first aid trainer? You train people in first aid? Okay, no, good. Um, Just kidding. So majority of us have done the first aid training. And first aid is therefore, they've got three Ps of first aid. is to preserve life, uh, to prevent deterioration, and to promote recovery. And so first aid is there, that if I'm there and I'm the first responder, that I have the ability to preserve life if someone's in a life-threatening situation, that I can prevent deterioration before more medical staff come, or even I can promote recovery and no one needs to come and tend to this person. Has anyone in this room been in a really intense first aid scenario? Yeah, I know, like some of those, I I, I don't want to make light of that because I can imagine that that would be incredibly uh, traumatic. And for me, myself, I was quite concerned when we had our our children, because we'd experienced a trauma within our family of my baby nephew passed away of SIDS. And so I was really 
just conscious of being equipped with first aid when our babies were born. Um, and it can be quite serious, but obviously there's a, there's a degree of first aid. And in our church, when our associate pastor spent nearly 10 years in emergency as an emergency nurse. So that basically has meant he's worked at the church nearly 10 years. None of us have had to do any first aid. He's like our triage nurse. Anything that happens, it's like someone call Rick. And recently, uh, a lady who, oh my gosh, I was like, I don't like having sharp knives even in my house uh, because I just think I'm just going to hurt myself. So we bought, she bought us new knives for the church. She was pulling it out of the packet and she cut her hand and I was like, call Rick, call Rick. And so he was the one that came and I'm sure we would have figured it out if we needed to, but I've never had to do any first aid in church. You'll see him, he drums at church and then in the middle of drums, someone will just whisper in his ears and then he's gone out to kids' church to triage some kind of head injury something like that. But it's made us a little bit lazy when it comes to our first aid because though we were all trained, we took our whole staff through it. It was a funny, it was like an episode of The Office, all of us doing like this first aid training. But most of us, because he's generally there, we haven't even had to rely on our training. I'm a bit squeamish when I see things happen. Just recently, the, the most freak accident happened. We're at home and my daughter trod on... The, the, the cord of headphones and it wasn't even sharp but it fully went like up her foot blood started pouring out of her sock and myself and Stevie were like it's like I'm like it's fine I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to play it down and then I'm looking to see I'm like it's so bad this is so bad how did this happen and but the, you know we applied pressure we able to, to promote recovery do you know have you ever noticed the fact that in the gospels majority of the miracles that took place and the ministry that Jesus did happened outside of what we would consider a traditional church service. The amount of ministry and miracles that Jesus did actually happened outside of the synagogue and the temple where they gathered. The, the minority of the miracles happened when they gathered within a church service. It was the people that Jesus came across in his everyday life, in everyday scenarios, when they're at dinner parties, when they're on the waist, somewhere, at large gatherings, in small gatherings. Actually, when they were on the way to do another miracle, a miracle took place and the woman with the issue of blood reached out. It was for complete strangers and randoms. He raised a little boy from the dead. A funeral pr procession was going past and he, he felt compassion and he raised the little boy from the dead. But he also ministered to family members and he healed Peter's mother, mother-in-law. So it was for strangers, it was for family do you think it's funny how we limit our expectation of what God can do outside of a church service? Or maybe better it's to say we lift our expectation of what God can do when we gather as a part of the church and we therefore lower our expectation of what it looks like to be outside of the church. Jesus died once and for all as a sacrifice for all of us so that when we come to Him, we can be made right with God. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you make a decision to receive Jesus, to follow Him, you get the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that means that God's with you everywhere you go. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're called a son or a daughter of God. This gives me the picture that God's with me always. If you adopted a child, 
do you think it would be rude or appropriate to say, okay, we're going to hang out for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. We might spend five minutes together every day, but then that's it. That would, that would be rude. If you adopt a child into your family, you say, we're going to do life together. We're going to eat all our meals together. We're going to go through the good and the bad and the ugly, and you're a part of this family, and we're going to do life. And that's what it's like doing life with God. He's with us always, not just in the moments when we gather as the wider church. If we truly are the church, why do we put so much expectation of, on, of God only when we gather? And we don't realise that we have the Spirit of God dwelling with me wherever I go. If the Word of God is true and like King David said, where can I go from the presence of God? I actually cannot escape the presence of God. The world is His. Nothing happens without His sight, His presence. This all to say some of the most significant powerful ministry moments, what I like to call a midweek miracle, can happen when we lock the doors and go home. That's what I want to put an impartation to you this morning. Some of the most significant evangelism, Holy Spirit moments will happen when our week starts after we leave this place. I want to bring a scripture to your attention. I'm just going to read the pre. I like to give a little bit of context. This is in 1 Peter 2, 4 to 11, and this is what I'm going to be speaking out of. Living stones. You were coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honour. And you are living stones. I actually think I preached out of this scripture when I came last time, but I'm taking a different angle. You are his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Though the mediation, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honour, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust in him and recognise the honour God has given him. But for all who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And here's the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they don't want to obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not those that stumbled. So let me tell you who you are. Now, you're not like that, it says. You are God's chosen people. You are royal priests. Did you know that? You are royal priests. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. You are priests, not just priests, but royal priests. One of my favourite preachers that I love to listen to, Pastor Mike Connell, says it's not, a, it's not a matter of whether you are a priest or not, if you're a believer, it's are you a faithful priest? Because we're all called priests. He's called us priests. He's assigned us that may we understand that a royal house, a body of priests, we have dignity because Jesus is King and we serve Him and we belong to His house, therefore we are royalty. Calling the church a body of priests emphasises the, the role of worship, intercession and ministry. And intercession is a word, I want to just bring it out of the, the church dungeon for a moment or out of the basement. Yep. 
Intercession is not just for the older women in the church. Intercession does not just look like praying for hours and hours. Intercession means I'm praying for somebody else and I'm praying on behalf of you for God. And it can go for two minutes or it can go for two hours, but we are all called to intercede. And I'm going to unpack that more because really the role of the priest is to be an interceder. The Latin word for priest, which I've got ponfix, which I've probably sorted that anyway, saying it. The Latin word means bridge builder. Priests are bridge builders between God and people. And that's what we've been called to be. It's not for the super spiro. We've got to break that now. You are all priests. Whether we're faithful priests or not is what I want to talk to you about this morning. We're the priesthood of the believers. The definition of the doctrine of the priesthood of all believers states that all believers in Christ share in priestly status. Therefore, there's no special class of people who mediate the knowledge and the presence of God. His forgiveness of Christ and rests on all believers. And we all have the right to read the Scripture and interpret Scripture and apply the teaching of Scriptures into our lives. The priest, the man who himself had access to God in the ancient world, it was just the privileged few who could go before God, the professional priests. And in particular, the great high priest had the ability to go into the Holy of Holies. But Hebrews 10 says, we now all have access to step right into the presence of God. This is a significant part of us being active as believers. The role of a priest, the ancient role of a priest was to keep the fire burning. And I want to encourage you that that is still our role today. We've got to keep the fire on the altar of our hearts burning daily. We've got to watch that fire. We need to tend to the fire and make sure that the fire is burning. The other role of a priest was to bring sacrifices. Praise Jesus, it's not animal sacrifices anymore. Some of you are maybe farmers. I don't know how I would go like that. I'd be keeping all the animals and they'd all be living in my bedroom with me. Um, (laughs) Romans 12 says the new sacrifice is not the animal, it's you. It's your whole life. Bring your whole self, your whole body, your your work, your giving. Everything is a sacrifice before God. That's what it looks like to be a part of the priesthood of the believer. Keep the fire burning. But now my life is the sacrifice before God. That's what I bring as an offering before Him. And the next role that I really want to hone in on is the role of intercession, to stand in the gap on behalf of the people. The role of the priest would to be offer up prayers on behalf of people, to be an interceder, to be the salt and light, to go into the world and minister the salt and light of God, to let people know. And that scripture in 1 Peter said, to show the world the goodness of God, that you are a holy priest. If one of your friends or family or work colleagues came to church today, what would be your expectation? You get like that, that feeling, like you're like, God, what are you going to do? Are they going to experience you today? How, are you going to minister to them? You go into your workplace as the temple of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in all of us, not just the selected few. And I want to encourage you to lift your expectation that wherever you go, so Christ comes with you. And so when you go to meet and have coffee with someone and you wonder, God, what are you going to do? Well, they encounter the presence of God in me. And I'm going to lift my expectation Someone call the priest. 
I'd like to raise the fact that sometimes we act like I act with the first aid with that of the pastors in the church. And I just want the professional pastors to do the ministry. Daz, would you meet? My friend seems like they're ready to receive Jesus. Daz, would you have coffee with them? I think they need to meet with the priest. There's first aid scenarios within within ministry opportunities and you're overcooked to do it and you're waiting for the professionals, someone, and they're not even a professional. It could be like Rick, he's just more experienced. So I'm either too lazy or I lack my confidence to step out where God has placed me. You have been placed, and this week, I believe you're gonna be put in first responder scenarios where you go, I know enough to preserve a life. What if the person that you sit next to at work or someone in your school says, hey, can you give me an answer for the hope that you have? Why do you go to church every Sunday? Well, you're overcooked, you can preserve a life. You can lead them to Jesus. Everybody has the ability, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, to lead someone else to Jesus. I love the missionary, he calls himself the accidental missionary, Steve Murrell. He says, all you gotta do is stay one chapter ahead of somebody else in the Bible. I would like to argue in this room, you're all overcooked and you're over-resourced to do the ministry in which God has called you to do. And I think the chapel collective would be turned upside down if you began to realise that during the week, here is your first aid training. You are being equipped every week, but then you go out into the week and you think, oh, I wish Pastor Bron was here to pray. I wish she could come and pray. Or what about we all have in those church, in our churches those people who just seems like Jesus listens to their prayers more. They're like the super prayers. I, I call out ours in the church. I'm like, everyone thinks that Jesus answers Suresh's prayers more than all of us. We all want Him to pray for us, even me included. You know, I have the privilege as a pastor being called to so many different scenarios when people are in their final stages of life. Often I'll get called to, and they can be unbelievers, just randoms, and they say, will you come? And I'll go to honour our church members because I believe, like, I just value them and I want to honour them. But more and more I see my role as saying, you can pray. You can do it because God, the same Christ that dwells within me dwells within you and you actually probably have more favour and that's what I find they have more favour and they have more ability to speak and administer the gospel of Jesus to those people. You have more than enough to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever presents itself, you're the first responder. Maybe they're gonna go on and you're gonna need more intervention. But right in that moment, you have what you need. The lie is that you don't know, but you do know. And when there's nobody else, just step out. I would love to encourage you to take a leap and next time pray. And I want you to see yourself as a priest and say, okay, I'm gonna intercede on your behalf. I'm gonna build a bridge between you and God. I'm gonna be the bridge. And then I'm gonna teach you if you wanna access Jesus, you can do this. You don't always need to come to me, that you can pray to Him yourself. The body of Christ is gonna to start to move <laughs> with great mobility and great function if we all see ourselves as the priesthood of the believer. If a hundred people showed up at church next week, you're all gonna have to get involved and do something. What if the altar call next week for salvation, 100 people to respond? What would need to shift and change? And it'd be all hands on deck. I have a friend of a friend and he's a corporal. He does um, 
bombs and explosives. So he's fully trained in, in wires and intricate wires and things like that, specifically for explosives. And they were at war and he got called into the medic tank, uh, medic tent because they were they needed people to help. And he described that he had he was asked by a surgeon to put his hands into someone's chest and hold on to the heart. And he did that because it was as the occasion demanded. He didn't say, well, I'm not trained for this. I don't think I know enough to do that. He just did as the occasion demands. I believe as, as the church, we've got to step in. You're overcooked. You have more than enough. You know Jesus enough to step in and do what God is calling you to do. It doesn't do away with the specific roles and callings within ministry. Ephesians 4 says that the role he gave these gifts to the church, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But so often we still function as a church that the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers and the pastors, they're doing the work of the ministry to us. But actually the scripture says that those roles are given to the church to equip you for the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is gonna happen within the church and outside of the church. And, And it doesn't stop when we lock the doors and we go out. And I actually think that some of us, we get stale in our walk with God because we're not active in the ministry. I think we feel, we feel bored and, and we think, oh, same old, same old. Because you come in a church, it's like you're being equipped in first aid every week and yet doing nothing with it. You're not going out and being using what God has given you. Serving people through intercession as a priest. Keep the fire burning on the altar of your own heart. Romans tells us that our whole lives are a living sacrifice before God. But you can actually serve people through intercession. You have direct access to God and praying on their behalf. You've all been called to serve the body, but also to serve our community. And one incredible way in which we can serve people is actually through prayer. Do you believe that prayer works? I do, but sometimes like you say, I'll pray for you. I encourage you in that moment, cross the chicken line and say, can I pray for you now? But then just keep it short. I always like to say, keep it short. Don't be weird. Trust God to move. Don't go for too long. Sometimes you get nervous and you overpray, and then it's, but if you're in a social setting, I, I had a, a fem, um, one of the school mums, like at kindergarten, my eldest daughter had just started school and I was share, we were both sharing, both of our dads had died. And then she was like, oh, how did your dad die? And I said, a brain tumour. And she went white as a ghost. And, and I was like, oh, what's wrong? And she had a tumour on her brain. And so the net, we had a play day and she came over anyway. I just thought, all right, I'm just going to go all out and think this is God's put me in this situation. I've been the one that's been placed in this situation. I anointed her with oil. Like I thought this is going to go, re- she may, be, may not be my friend anymore. I was like, can I just anoint you with oil and believe that that tumour is going to go? That, that tumour actually started to shrink. She doesn't attest it to the prayer and I don't need the glory, but I know that God moved within that scenario and in that situation. Can I pray for you? 
You have more than enough to apply the salt and the light and the goodness of God. So people can taste and see that God is good. The Bible says, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I think sometimes we like to talk more about the fact that the days are evil and we make the least of every opportunity. This church is, is a vibrant significant church in this community and you are effective and scattered throughout the week. That is where your ministry begins. Make the most of every opportunity. Be alert and be aware. Be prepared for the good works. Ephesians says God's prepared good works for you in advance every day. Wake up and say, Lord, how have you prepared good works? It could even be within your family. Doesn't have, and I also had a revelation and maybe you're at school and you're a teenager, you go to school, I saw teenagers stepping into their school gate and saying a prayer in their heart of intercession, saying, I'm the priest over this school. I'm gonna intercede on behalf of this school. I'm gonna claim this school for Jesus. When you step into your workplace, start to see yourself as a priest and go, all right, Lord, I'm gonna intercede. You've given me the ability to pray on behalf of them. I'm gonna be a bridge. I'm gonna be a bridge on behalf of these people and I'm gonna go before God. Maybe today, and we're going to have a time of prayer at the end of this service, and I want you to intercede. And then why don't you tell that person? Sometimes I tell people, because this is probably how people think about church. I say, I prayed for you at church today. Because that's their way of thinking you go to church. You pray for people. So you could send them a text and say, hey, I know you're going through this. I prayed for you. I came. I brought your issue before God today. And I believe that God is going to do something in your life. Do as the occasion demands. I wanna stir your heart this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you close your eyes in this moment? I pray that the Lord would fan into flame what God has already put in you. I actually think I don't even need God. I'm gonna ask Him to fill you afresh today with His Holy Spirit. But even if you didn't get filled afresh, you still have more than enough to go out to do what God has called you to do. I'm gonna ask you the question that Mike Connell says. He says, it's not a question of if you're a priest or not. It's if you are a faithful priest. You're called into a life of sacrifice, of worship and of intercession and bridge building. Come Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that You would awaken our eyes to the scenarios where You have placed us to be first responders. Lord God, I break intimidation right now. I break the fear of man. Some, some people feel afraid to speak because you're worried about what people think. We're gonna bring that before the Lord now and we're gonna ask that that fear is broken in Jesus' Name. Lord, I pray for confidence, not in ourself, but in Your Word. Lord, I pray that as people in this church step out in faith and they step out in faith within this community, that there is gonna be midweek miracles. There's gonna be so many testimonies that they're not possibly gonna be able to bring them before the church. Lord God, I pray for salvations to take place outside of the Sunday service. Lord God, I pray that there would be a great outpouring of Your Holy Spirit during the week. Lord God, I thank You that You have called us to follow You and to walk with You every single day of our lives, Lord. I break down the mentality of the clock on and clock off Christianity, Lord. God, I pray for excitement to break out in this place. 
I pray for joy to break out in this place, Lord God. I thank you that you are going to do things that as people step out, they're gonna, they're gonna get excited within their own faith again, Lord God. And Jesus, I thank you that you allow us to be a part of your ministry, that you call us not just a priesthood, but a royal priesthood. Thank you, Lord. I just actually see in this room right now that there's some of you and you don't, you, you need to actually receive that, that calling upon your life of a royal priesthood. You've got to let Jesus put those royal robes on you. You see, you see yourself serving the Lord by almost like your, um, I know this is a funny picture, but like a dirty servant, like, you know, as someone who's covered in, in dirt and grime and you're just lucky to be in the house. But I see the Lord putting royal robes on some of you where you just couldn't see that before, but He's calling you. A royal priest this morning is calling you into action that there is a ministry. There's good works in which He's placed and He's prepared for you in advance. Lord God, I speak over this city, Father God, and I also pray for all the churches within this city, within Tamworth. We pray that there would be an awakening and an awareness of the Spirit of God dwelling in them. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. You have more than enough to promote the Gospel of Jesus Christ. You are overcooked. It doesn't matter if it's clunky. It doesn't matter if it doesn't come out easily. The Lord is going to use you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, just before we stand up, if you all, um, yeah, look at me. I feel if, if I was in a serious accident, and I'm like, you know, trapped under a car or something. I don't want the person to come and say, oh, I don't feel that equipped in my first aid training right now. Um, let's wait for the doctor. <laughs> that scenario, I need that person to intervene. Whether they feel confident or not, just try, have a go, be as confident as you can because my life depends on it. We're dealing with life and death. Eternity is real. People's lives are at stake when it comes to salvation. And you may be the only Christian that God has sent into that scenario to administer the goodness of God, the hope of salvation. Would you all stand to your feet? I'm just going to close um, in prayer this morning. I know... I know God is able to heal even in this space and I have great expectation. I'm not saying lower your expectations for Sundays. I'm saying lift your expectations for midweek. When we lift our midweek expectations, the Sundays are gonna be like a conflagration of fire. It's like my favourite word. When we come together, it's like, it's like a firestorm, a conflagration of the fire of God because midweek I've been out there, I've been ministering, I've been stepping out, I've been having a go and I come together and we become like a firestorm in the Holy Spirit and then we're sent back out again. And so if you have needs today, I want you to have expectation that God's gonna fill you. If, you. if you feel completely empty or if when I say keep the fire burning on the altar of your heart, you say, Lou, I, that fire's just like a little flicker of flame. 
So maybe today you're like, I just need a, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, ask God for that. But there's others of you, and I think you need to open your heart to what He's called you into. And, and this week, ask God. What I've found is He has miracles and opportunities and ministry. And when I say miracle, it's not just, oh, someone's like leg growing or a back, you know, coming. It's a miracle when someone opens their heart to Jesus. That's a miracle. Those things are miracles. When, when a, a child's being bullied at school and you say, I'm going to intercede on behalf of you and your child. And then the situation turns around. That's a miracle. These are, I have a friend. She always asks me to pray for things. And she says, Lou, everything you pray for, God answers. That's not true. But I didn't want to tell her that that's not true. I, I just thought, yep, that's right. God, God answers prayers. That's how she feels. She asks me to pray. She doesn't go to church. And she said, everything you pray for comes to pass. I thought, well, God's showing her that He's real in her life. So I want you to put your hands out into receive mode. Whatever it is, God is so unique and, and able to know our individual needs of our hearts. I'm going to start with those that feel like you just have a flicker or a flame on the altar of your heart and you need the Holy Spirit to fan into flame your passion and your fire for Him. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit this morning and speak in tongues, I encourage you to step out and I want you to just activate by faith, begin to open your mouth and be begin to pray. And those in this room that do speak in tongues, I encourage you to start to speak in tongues so that the people around them, you know, can just feel bold enough to step out and pray and receive the gift that you've given us, that gift to activate the other spiritual gifts, to be filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We pray for a fresh filling and outpouring of your Holy Spirit right now across this auditorium. Lord God, I thank you that you're awakening passion and fire within this place, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. And there's others, Lord Jesus, within this room and they know they've got the fire burning. They know that their life is a sacrifice and a worship offering before you. They live out Romans 12. Their coming and their going is laid down before you, but you are raising up an intercessors, Lord God. Lord Jesus, you said to me, you asked me this question. I didn't understand it till, till really this weekend. You said to me, where are the intercessors? Where are the intercessors? It's time to start to intercede seed on behalf of your family. Bring people before God right now and that He has called you a royal priest. That it's They don't have to just be a non-believer. There's breakthrough moments. We're going to start to intercede right now. Father God, You've called us to stand in the gap and to build the bridge between others and You. Lord God, we intercede on them right now in Jesus' Name. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.